spinning back to the open side. Karim Bete, Optical here for Samu, who's quick. Pete Samu looking for Karim Bete. Back to Samu. Oh, that is wonderful. That is wild. That is amazing from the Wallabies. Welcome to Pick and Drive Rugby, where the people's podcast providing a platform for rugby lovers to come together and support this game, the game that's played in heaven. I'm your host, Ando. With me is Mitch, and we are incredibly excited to be joined by Super W and Wallaroo star Emily Robinson. Emily, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Excited. Yeah, very excited. Just come off the back of a pretty great win. How did how you recovered? How are you feeling after booking the top spot within the Super W comp and <clears throat> kind of heading into the quarterfinals or semifinals? Yeah, it was um, it was a bit of a muck around of a weekend, to be honest. Felt like we were travelling for about twenty four hours, but um, we made it, got the job done, and um, back in Sydney, ready to head to training tomorrow and get ready for the week. So, what happened? Bit of a muck around? Did it flights delayed or something like that? Oh, we're meant to be at Tars at seven am on Friday, and we got a message at six twenty saying that our flight was cancelled. And then Good. we got to TARS and then we were on three different flights with a different company and our jerseys were on another flight. Anyway, look, we made it, we played and we won and that's all that matters. And your jerseys <laughs> arrived. Right. Yeah, yeah, you played in the right jersey. Yeah, the jersey's got there, yeah. We wouldn't be taking the field apart from in that sky blue. I oh, love to hear it. Love to hear it. Um, now, one of the things that was just really awesome to see was the fact that the team have gone through the season like 5-0. and oh. How proud are the girls for basically setting out and doing the best they possibly could, getting all five wins? Yeah, it's obviously like playing for the Tars is like a, a big deal. And um, there's, you know, expectation that comes when you wear Sky Blue is that you win and we definitely make sure that we try to keep that expectation going. And, um, yeah, it was a bit of a new year this year. A lot of new young girls mm. um, still have, like, a lot of the core, but definitely, like, a big shift in um, the future. And so I think it was just really important that those girls understood uh, the privilege of wearing that jersey and making sure that they know that, when you wear it, you win. So let's keep that going, yeah? <laughs> it obviously means so much to you. I mean, I can totally hear it, and we were talking before about just loving wearing the sky blue. But what is the meaning or the impact of being a part of that Waratahs team and wearing a jersey for you? Like, what, what is the message that comes with pulling on that jersey? Um, <clears throat> for me, uh, I guess uh, from when I was little, I just wanted to be a footy player and... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that the Waratah jersey is just super special. Obviously, there's been a lot of success in it. Um, but I think that the kind of legacy of the group or the people that have played in it have really held it to a high standard. And um, I think from the first year, the organisation really bought into us, you know, being part of their organisation and not just being a side product. And I think that, that we never want to let go of that and we always want everyone to, you know, make sure that we're upholding the jersey as best as we can and making sure we represent as well as as well as we can. So um yeah, to me I love the sky blue. It means everything to me and um yeah, it's a big part of my life. What does it love feel it. like when you're walking around like Tars HQ is like the girls have such a great success rate. Um particularly like the boys haven't really won a whole lot lately. Do you kind of <laughs> hold your head high and say we're kind of 
upholding the the pride of the jersey at the moment? Um, it's definitely like not a competition between us, but um, <laughs> we don't need to. Like we've the boys are really good at the tars. They they're really supportive and they get around, especially now. Like a fair few of the older boys have um, have some little daughters, so um, I think that that's maybe changed. You know, a shift in their mindset. Um, I was talking with Jed Holloway the other day. His his wife just had their second daughter, and you know, like in the future, like she could be a Waratah or Wallaroo and um, be the first, you know, father daughter kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, we don't need to walk around and rub that in. I mean, the boys' comp is completely different to ours, and um, like last year was awesome, and even this year, like they're doing, they're doing really well. They've, they've had a lot of injuries and. Like unfortunate mm. ones as well. So, um, no, we've all got each other's backs at the Tars and um, very supportive of each other. Yeah, but that's incredibly boring. Like, surely you're just walking around and saying how many premierships you guys have had or championships you've won <laughs> over the last few years. Like, surely that comes up on a team. You don't have to, mate. Because you, <laughs> you know it. <laughs> you just you know it. You don't have to, nah. Uh, I think that, like, to be honest, like, it might but it's pretty boring, but, like, Everyone's just so obsessed with winning. We we want to win this week. Like we want to win the next game. Like it sounds cliche, but like, every, like yeah, obviously we have won those four premierships, and hopefully this you know two weeks time we'll win another one. But <clears throat> like we don't really walk around thinking about that. It's more like let's win this week. Like yeah. just stay focused. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned we'll probably before talk a lot about of the, the nights. We'll <laughs> Sorry, you go. About the nights. We'll probably talk about the nights after the wins, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we might come to some of those questions a little bit later. Don't you worry. Um, but I did want to ask, you mentioned earlier about some of the changes that have happened within a team from 22 mm. to 23, because it has been quite significant. A lot of players um, have taken up some great opportunities overseas to kind of broaden their horizons yeah. and see what rugby union can be offering them overseas. And so what are you feeling is different about the energy, the approach, or even the tactics of the team this year compared to last year because of a bit of that changing of the guard? Um, I mean, we lost six Wallaroos last year, or this year, sorry, um, which were all in our starting team. So that was a big change. Um, but in saying that, we've been like working on the depth of our team for years and years and um, you know, like everyone at the moment is talking about Caitlin Holes, who's 16 and she's amazing. But like we're yeah. Bronte Wilson, she's 16 as well. And like yeah. Jacinta, she's 18. Brooke, she's 18. Like all of these girls are like, like, yes, obviously Caitlin's killing it, but like all of the young girls are killing it and all the old girls as well. So I think that like it's just quite like deeply embedded, like the work you have to put in to be a Waratah. And um I would say the only thing that's really changed has been less whinging from Bella McKenzie. <laughs> what yeah, are some of those heard, things, yeah. like those standards that the Tars have set to be so <clears throat> successful over the years? Um, oh, some of the standards, like simple things, like I guess like you don't take the first sip of a water bottle because you pass it back to the person that's behind you because they're probably less fit than you. But those are like little things that we do at training, but I guess a big thing is just like being being a good person and being honest um, is is a big big thing and just hard work. Like we work bloody hard. It doesn't matter if you're a Wallaroo or if you're sixteen year old Caitlin Holes. Everyone works hard, um, and I guess it, you just get dragged along. You get swept up in it, and you're like, oh god, like 
you know, that's Illy and she's working hard. I better work hard. Or you know, there's Grace Hamilton and she's belting people. I better belt someone. Like, <laughs> you know, you just kind of, yeah, you just kind of get stuck in this little trap of going hard all the time. So that's good. And do you see that as uh, a, a big part of your role now? Because, I mean, not wanting to kind of be rude, but there are a lot of younger players coming through. You're, what, the third most experienced player that took the field last weekend. Um, are you seeing, like, your role within a team changing a lot more over the last season or two because uh, you've got more experience and wisdom, shall we say, to be passing on to the other yeah. players? <laughs> yeah, the veteran, the 30-year-old veteran, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's funny. I think, like, I've always been the same. Um, person like I'm pretty loud and out there and not afraid to I guess pull people up on stuff but um, probably has like come to my attention more the last year that people like look to me for um, I guess instruction or um, you know help or tips here and there so I would say the last year that yeah definitely it's become more apparent that I'm old and they're young so (laughs) um, but no I mean um there's a you know there's a solid group of us that are the originals um and i'd say that we have a pretty solid foundation there that, and the, mm. it's really good that the girls are just super comfortable to talk to us about that i'd feel more awkward or out of the loop if they you know didn't didn't want to be involved with us at all so mm. i love the young ones they make me feel like i'm 12 again <laughs> <laughs> brilliant brilliant well um just focusing back again on the season itself, five, five from five, how do you think the girls have progressed and developed in terms of their approach throughout the season? You had a pretty close hiccup against the Reds, 31-10. Still got it done. Still got it done, yeah. but it was tight at the end there and needed a missed kick uh, to be the reason why I kind of got the win. Um, mm. So how do you think the team has progressed and what areas do you need to be stepping up considering you've got the Drew next weekend? Yeah, um, I think we've progressed pretty well i think yeah we, it was a bit of a uh, rocky game against the reds but um credit to them they were quite good mm. um probably the best the best reds team that we've played in a few years so um mm-hmm. yeah they were really good i think we had a bit of a shaky period in there and like a bit of that came down to experience of those young girls and um just like game management i guess and game knowledge around those championship minutes either side of half time like they just kind of don't have that experience. And now that they've played that game and they've played in big stadiums, they, they're getting that. And that's the only way to get that is to play it. So, um, yeah, I would say I would say that our season's been good, but patchy in, in parts. I mean, yeah, we're obviously working on lots of different areas. Our ruck speed is one of the big work, big, big focuses of this year and um, having the fastest ruck speed in women's rugby across the world. So, um, and, you know, when you do those things and, it pays off. You can see why her coaches hammer it into you. So, um, but yeah, I know. I think that we're building nicely, and I think um, we'll have a few players back on the park this weekend. And um, yeah, we'll be red hot. What did you think it was about the Drua? Because I mean, the Drua last year were a bit of a revelation when they came into the competition. Mm. They brought obviously a new style, a new energy, and just a new approach to the way that the game was played within women's rugby, at least within yeah, I'd say within the world, a very, very different approach. Um, But this year, they are obviously a very different team. Lots of changeover within the squad. 
And it looked, because I was out at the game um, against the Drua out at Concord, and mm. it looked that there had been a huge amount of emphasis from your team, focusing particularly on getting cohesion within your defensive line when there's a turnover or when there's a penalty given away, making sure that not the quick taps aren't, aren't working, and then trying to tackle high to prevent the offloads, or if you're tackling low, the second person's blocking that offload channel. Um, are those the key areas that you're working on? What do you think it is that's changed the way yeah. the Drua have been this season? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, the draw maker, <clears throat> they play different style of rugby um, to Aussie teams, I guess. Same in the men's comp. Um, yeah, it's pretty different. But, yeah, against them um, last week, oh, sorry, two weeks ago, um, our focus was definitely wrapping that ball up and trying to prevent those offloads because their offload game is phenomenal. And um, it's like they got glue on their hands or something, I don't know, but they just make it stick. So... Yeah, our D-line connection was super important um, and will be again this week going forward. And, yeah, just taking, making sure that we're, you know, being active and not not reactive to things. Like if there's a penalty, you know, even if you don't, just don't look at the ref and just get back 10. And if it's our penalty, we'll, we'll go back up and then we'll go from there. But it's better to kind of get back the 10 and make sure that they can't go, you know, 100 miles an hour straight away. And you've got at least, you know, a, half your team on side. You're already in better stead than um, kind of where we were last year. So um, I think last year we just kind of weren't ready for that. We didn't, we hadn't played um, that style of footy before. So yeah, that was a big focus of ours was our, definitely our, our connection in D and um, just trying to minimize line breaks and offloads. What are your thoughts about the improvements from the Rebels, Force, Brumbies? I mean, they all seem to have stepped up a bit this season in terms of their competitiveness. The Rebels on Friday night were were pretty good, um, really strong defensively, probably didn't offer as much an attack as what they would have hoped, but they were mm-hmm. defensively sound. And Ash Masters is just an absolute like weapon in tackling over the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think the other teams have grown throughout the season? It's, um, it's uh, hard, hard to comment because... Um, I'd love to sit here and say that they're gotten better. I think the Rebels have definitely improved, um, but I still think that the comp needs to be better. Um, mm. I think that those clubs and the organisations overall need to be putting more into their women's programs, and I think it's really obvious that they don't. And um, obviously the force issue have got a fair bit of cash that they're throwing around, and that's great and they've, they've done heaps good. Like the Force are always a pretty hard team, to be honest. Like even back in the days before Super W we used to play um, it's Nationals comp and they're always hard, they're always super physical. Um, they've kind of been like our little bogey team for a while and, you know, they've put a little bit of cash into it and they're starting to get some pay out of that. But they, they needed like deep seed. That it needs to be coming from like 15-year-olds mm. that are wanting mm. to play for the Force and, you know, 12-year-olds that are, that are down watching Ash Masters and those things, like, they need, to, they need to be doing that. And, you know, I, I don't live there and I, yeah, I don't know too much about it, but I just think the more and more it happens, the better off the whole comp will be. And obviously I think teams have progressed, but then at the same time some of the school lines say otherwise. So, yep, yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, kind of tricky to comment on, but... Um, I mean, I think you got my thoughts from that. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And also, you're trying to be humble, aren't you? You're trying to be like, yeah, they've got better, but we're still smashing them. So what does that say about <laughs> us, really? Um, 
On that point, though, you've got a pretty big week coming up. You said you're going to be back in training tomorrow. Obviously, I'm assuming before the break for Anzac Day. Uh, what does the week look like for you going into the semifinals? Um, how many times are you training? What does it look like for you considering the team's not fully professional? So it won't be kind of every day. Yeah, so I'll be on the tools at 7 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> and then um, we start Monday, Arvo's... Um, we have massages start from 3.30. So at Waratahs, we get a massage every Monday, half an hour. And then um, we have meetings and some one-on-one stuff with coaches and group meetings at front row, et cetera. Then we'll have a bit of a review tomorrow tomorrow night. Um, what is it? Monday, tomorrow. So we'll have a review. And then we'll hit the field for some kind of clarity install, um, bit of bit of scrummaging is on Mondays and then we'll bit of rotation, that bit of skills and just getting our hands back on the ball. And then um, Wednesday's a big day. So um, we, we gym first Wednesday afternoon and then we hit the field and um, yeah, bit of, bit of shots on on Wednesday and we can do full team runs and um, that's that. And then Thursday is normally captain's run, but we're playing on Sunday this week. So they might move that yep. to Saturday morning. Um, not sure yet, but yeah, so either Thursday or Saturday morning we'll have captain's run and it's just really just clarity um, going through it and getting that done. And then obviously uh, on each day that we train, we have a gym session and um, really lucky at the TARS that we've got the new facility, which is sick yep. and um, get in there and do recovery. We've got sauna and ice bars and um, hot pools and yeah, it's mental. It's it's heaps good. So, um, like everyone's just obsessed with it. To be honest, like we got back yesterday. <laughs> like we got back yesterday at like five o'clock. You'd think everyone would just go home, but everyone's like, "Oh, should we go in the sauna?" Like <laughs> <laughs> hanging around, checking out the facilities. Yeah, yeah. nice. And then well, today, Adiana, Adiana Talakai is there just doing some bicep curls. So good yeah, on it. It's, it's it's sick. It's a sick place. So it's so big weeks. Mentioned... Like big big weeks. So you were sort of saying the the amount of stuff that you have to fit into a week in prep for the games on the weekend. It, it mm. sounds very similar to what the men do, but you obviously, yeah. because you're not fully professional, you try and squeeze it in after hours and, and working all the time. How do you personally find that transition from working a day job and then coming in and being a professional athlete in the evenings? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm like a bit of a psycho, to be honest, but, like, I just kind of really good at, like, compartmentalizing things like once I leave work like that's it I don't think about work again um and I kind of get to training and I have a shower and just like wash away my days I'm a carpenter so I'm obviously dirty but I also just like to have a shower and get rid of it and then like I'm at training and I'm at footy and um then I think you just get an if you just get like a different energy when you get to training you're around the girls and kind of forget that you're exhausted so um yeah i think that you know it's hard like it's definitely tricky and um this girl's coming from all different kinds of jobs you know anasia is a policewoman and she's dealing with all sorts of stuff that's you know mm. extremely draining and then we've got childcare workers also mentally and physically draining we've got a mum. you know everyone gets there and is <laughs> absolutely dead so then you know I think that's where it's like super important to have that good team. You know, you, you got to want to be there because if you don't want to be there, like it's going to be horrible for you. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
everyone gets there, gets a bit of pre-workout into them and whole day, whole other day's about to start. So <laughs> just buzzing. They're just buzzing just, once that creatine buzzing, Ready yeah. to hit someone. <laughs> yeah, honestly. On on that point, though, I mean, we mentioned before that you're kind of one of the one of the more experienced players now. Um, how are players like Kate and Hulse and Jacinta Windsor, some of the younger players or newer players within the squad, are you going to have any opportunity to kind of uh, give them some input, give them some guidance about how to be preparing themselves during the week because they've never been through a semi final before? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, you know they they're like they're. They love it and they probably don't realise how like big of a deal it is and sometimes that's good and then but you just kind of just give them a little tips here and there of, you know, have you, have you had enough water? Like start with real simple things like, you know, you need to start drinking on like a Wednesday, like drinking heaps of water on Wednesday to be good by Sunday and mm-hmm. just little stuff like that. Obviously, um, they come to us when they when they need stuff and they're not not scared about that. But yeah, just always checking in on them, making sure they're all right. A, few, a lot of them are um from the country as well, so um, bit little, you know, country girls in the big smoke. So, um, nah, just always check in and make sure make sure they're all good. But mate, they're loving it. They'll be they'll be sweet. They watered off the ducks back for those kids. <laughs> Bloody brilliant! So you got the double header on Sunday at Concord Oval. I mean, how exciting is it to have that big event? So you're going to find out on the day who your opponent's going to be the following week. Yeah. It's going to be good. I thought it was on Saturday, but anyway, that's all right. I found out just before this that playing on Sunday, not the most organised person in the world, but um, <laughs> no, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. I think we're playing at one o'clock, so um, middle of the day, and then we kind of get the luxury to sit back and hope, well, hopefully we've won, sit back and watch the other two bash it out and um, see who we get to belt the week after. Yeah, heading up to Townsville for that game, which will be exciting as well. Um, yeah, super so, random. Yeah, I know, super random. How but... does um, how does that travel element sort of affect your preparation? Does you played a lot of games in home this year, and and with COVID, haven't been able to travel around as much, um, week to week. This is probably the first year, or last year partially as well, that the teams actually got to travel away for games. Does that change your mm. prep, and does that sort of make it more difficult for the team to sort of get ready on game day? Um, I think it's super different everywhere you go. So, like, obviously before COVID, we were travelling all the time, 2018, 19, and then started 2020. But um, definitely, um, definitely against flying in the day of a game, I think it's terrible preparation physically, mentally, and um, I think that doesn't put on the best show of rugby. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. So definitely against uh, travelling on the day of the game as in flying. Um, mm. <clears throat> but... I think it's just a different kind of thing. So this week we'll we'll all be coming meeting on a bus. Uh, sorry, meeting at the Waratahs and coming on our Waratahs coach to Concord. Whereas in the round game we drove ourselves. So <clears throat> just different mindset there. We we just want to be together from the start and we want to be switched on and we don't want people turning up. You know, an hour before or ten minutes before or you know whatever it might be. Just things that we can control makes it much more clear cut, I guess. But I love travelling with the girls, eh? Like just being at the airport, watching people frap around and, you know, watching the young girls like be, be in their kit and people come up to them and talk to them like it's so cool and um, travel's a bit of a drain. But when you're doing it with 30 people, it's pretty fun. 
there's always someone to play cards with or have a laugh with or the young bucks do TikToks, but I'm not into that. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Uh, do the girls get to use that fancy new bus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guitar's bus? We, we, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. We, we go on that on our big blue bus, so, yeah, we love it. Yeah, we've seen that out you around feel... town. It's looking schmick. <clears throat> yeah, it feels super like, I don't know, how you should, I guess, important professional athlete, so. Yeah, exactly. That's sick. That really is. What we might do now is let's shift across. We're going to do some quick fire questions. Okay. You haven't seen these, haven't shared them with you. So just wanting the name that kind of first comes into your mind whenever I ask these, we're going to go through them. Ooh. Once we've done it, just going to finish up and thank you so much for your time. All right. So you ready? You good to go? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Fastest over 10 meters. Mayor Stewart. Fastest over 50 meters. Mayor Stewart. Now that Bella McKenzie's gone, who's taken a role of lead complainer? Oh, lead complainer. Probably also Maya Stewart, but I'll change it. <laughs> um, who complains a lot? Um, you must have so many to pick from. There is. I can't really think, to be honest. Just Probably just all the backs. <laughs> Who likes to make sure their voice is always heard? Grace Hamilton. Good. Uh, biggest bench press? Um, I think it's Ariana Talakai and it's about, it's either her or Piper. And um, I think it's about 90 kilos or something crazy. Those girls, are, they froth it. Ariana yeah, and on. Piper. Okay, awesome. Uh, biggest yeah. squat? G-Fed. Legend. Biggest pest in the squad? <sighs> Probably me. Um... <laughs> Love the self-awareness there. And if it wasn't you, who would it be? Maya. <laughs> All right, she has to, to defend herself, I think. Um... Well, actually, actually, Pierce Pest, um, Lane Morgan is a serial um, prankster. Bit of a is she? Yeah. All right. Has she got any classics that she's probably going to whip out in the? Oh, week just the old like walks. Relax? Just the old like walks along and like taps you on the wrong shoulder and you know. Oh, just, just the classics. Oh, the classics. Just the classics. The old wet willy in the ear. You know. Oh. Mate, that's old school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, who fancies themselves a DJ and tries to choose the music in the sheds, or on a bus? Oh well, Addie thinks that she's the best DJ, but Cheech. Cheech is actually the best DJ. And for but those Addie, of us Addie, who don't know who Cheech is. <laughs> Cheech. This is Cheech. She's in the fridge right now. What a legend. Hey, Cheech. <laughs> Cheech, Katrina Barker, the 12. The best 12. The best 12. Awesome. Uh, who's most likely to get a turnover and then tell everybody about it? Oh, well, G-Fred's most likely to get a turnover, but she doesn't tell anyone about it. She doesn't have to because she's a freak. Um. <laughs> Probably either Kapani. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, who yeah. thinks that they are a fashion icon? Piper Dark. Legend. Really? Okay. Yeah. She has <laughs> Most... these trocks. She has yeah. trocks with heels on them. Heels. And what do you <laughs> think Absolute... about that? <laughs> I told her they're banned and she can never wear them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's where some wisdom really needs to come into the situation here. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. the work you're doing yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now, who is most likely to appear on Farmer Wants a Wife? Oh, I mean, Grace. She's from the bit yep. on the board. She is, yep. Yeah, I'll go with Grace. I'll go with yeah, Grace. Yeah, love it. Uh, first to head home after a night with the girls. Um, like to backdoor it kind of thing? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So or... Phantom early, got an early start, just needs to really get some Zs. Not really anyone, to be honest. We're all carry-ons. Yep. Well, then who's um, the last then to head home? Oh, Sarah Nadama. <laughs> just loves yeah. it. Good to know. Yeah. And who's the most confident on a dance floor or who thinks they're the best on a dance floor? Because they're not the same thing. Um, most confident on the dance floor? Piper. Thanks, Katrina. Thanks. And then, yeah. <laughs> Can you hear her? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's just helping me out. Um, and then what was the other one? Who uh, thinks they're the best dancer? Who thinks they're the best dancer, yeah. Um, actually, I changed it. Confident on the dance floor, Bradio Gorman. Who thinks that they're the best dancer? Piper Dark. Absolutely love <laughs> it. Absolutely love it. Okay. I feel like you've laid down uh, or put a few shots out there that we're going to have to get people on to defend themselves again. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you oh, for I'll that. I'll be the answer for everything else. Even the fastest over 50, that'll be me as well. <laughs> glad to hear it. Very glad to hear it. You got to definitely represent for the front row forwards. Um, now, the final question I have is: How much does Bonnie O'Gorman just talk about all the breaks and half breaks that she gets? I mean, like it's just unreasonable that a prop is getting as many as she does. Uh, yeah. Look, that chart like that was definitely unreal, and she probably would have got. I mean, she she was like, I think, pretty sure she was insta famous, or I don't know, I don't know, whatever that is, but. Then, like, I think it was, like, the next week or maybe two weeks after Eva scored that 50-metre try. So it kind of got downgraded. Like, obviously, it was still great, but then it was like, oh, well, Eva kind of did the same thing. So, and then it was kind of like, and then it was kind of like, well, why aren't I doing 50-metre breaks? So (laughs) then it all kind of turned on me. But, nah, she, she didn't carry on too much about it. She's not much of a, not much of a look at me kind of person, Bridie, but, um, she definitely, she definitely had her ears pricked up that week. Yeah. As, so can you expect well a 50 should. meter try from yourself this weekend? I was one meter out on the weekend, mate, and I still didn't score it. So absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> well, on that note of confidence and entertainment, why don't we finish things up there? Um, hoping to get out for the game this weekend, but incredibly excited. Best of luck for your clash against the Drua. And, and thank Thanks. you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. No worries. Thanks for having me and thanks for the support of uh, women's footy. We love it. Absolutely love it. Thanks again. Bye. Thanks, guys.